every hardship that we've had, whether it's a, a stolen motorbike or, you know, an animal dying or, you know, being stolen from has been a learning experience for me. Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shaw. Now, on to today's episode. And we are live, folks. Oh my goodness. We are live from Minnesota and from Laos. Holy cow. This is my first international show where we're actually going to get a live tour of a certain place I have been talking about for the last, you know, nine months. I'm so excited. Anyway, for all of you who have been following us for quite some time now, you know that just a couple of weeks back, the Shut Up Show has gone through a whole rebranding, brand new evolution, and right now we are working on topic-based shows. And so this is going to be about leadership. This is going to be about starting movements. This is going to be about going out there, kicking ass, and realizing that even if you don't feel you have the skills or the experience or the confidence, you can go out into the world and make shit happen and move mountains with other people to help other people in the world live a better life. So that being said, long-winded welcome to my dear friend who I have yet to meet in person, but it will happen very soon, our co-host for today, Tyson Adams. Welcome, Tyson. Oh, thank you, Bernie. I'm excited to give you a tour of Jack Coffee House. I've actually only given a tour to uh, my parents and my grandparents and like one other friend. So this will be the first recorded tour of Jack Coffee House. And I'll be excited to, to get this up and show everybody as well. So it'll be great. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I am so excited. I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked about your story, how many times I've talked about Jai Coffee House, how many times this has come up in conversation and people, I forget that there are people who were following this journey nine months ago, Tyson, and people to this day are like, oh, whatever happened to that coffee house in Laos? I'm like, oh, how'd you know about that? <laughs> like you were talking about it all summer last summer, you know, did you get yeah. it done? And I'm like, yeah, my friend's over there right now, you know, living it up, making coffee. You And you told me you know more about coffee than you ever wanted to know in your, your entire <laughs> lifetime. So we'll make sure we talk to you about that, too, as it relates to, you know, social philanthropy. But anyway, the reason I chose you to be on the show, and I've been wanting to have you on the show for quite some time now, Tyson, is because you have epitomized a leader in so many ways, Tyson. I mean... From from the story you told me about the dream that you had that you actually turned into reality last fall, to now like you know doing all the things that guys like you Tyson would never have an experience like that, and here you are living <laughs> in another country as a native, making a difference in the world, <clears throat> making coffee. And I, oh my gosh! Anyway, I'm not going to steal all your time anymore. Um, let's just get to it. Let's first start by you giving us a tour. First, tell us where you are, what you're doing there, how the hell you got there. And set the foundation and let us know what you're giving us a tour of and how it's going to help the uh, the community that you've decided to become a native in. Yeah, yeah. So it is, uh, I guess, tomorrow because uh, in Laos we're about 14 hours ahead. So it's morning and uh, we're in 
um, Pak Song Laos, which is actually in the south of Laos. Um, and we're at Jai Coffee House. Jai Coffee House is uh, the world's first completely philanthropic coffee roaster and cafe um, located directly at the source. Uh, the important part of that is is that we're you know we're right here at the farm, right where the where the farmers actually are growing the coffee literally in our backyard. Uh, they bring it into us, we roast it up, and we serve it to customers. And then we take all the profits that the cafe generates, and that means 100% of profits. And we invest that into um, clean water solutions and also hygiene programs in the local villages that are actually growing growing the coffee. Uh, and what that, uh, where we primarily do all our work is um, actually with the children. So we go to the schoolhouses and we implement those clean water solutions in the in the schoolhouses, which are usually in the center of the village. So it becomes the hub for uh, the uh, other you know people that live in the village who don't have clean water to use those pumps. Um, and to use that water. So that's what we're doing. And we've been living here for, yeah, for eight months. We built this thing from scratch. Obviously, the existing building was here. Um, but what, when I take you on the tour, I'll kind of just explain some of the, the changes that we did and why we did them and, you know, what this, what this whole thing's about. So I'm so yeah. excited. It's so awesome to finally see it almost in the flesh because when I first backed the Indiegogo campaign nine months ago, Tyson, I, I had told you behind the scenes that um, Laos is really close to my heart because that's where my parents and my family, except for me, I was the only one born in America, but that's where my family was born and raised. And so knowing that you were making a difference in the country that my parents you know, fled uh, 37 years ago, to, to find refuge here in America, it meant so much to me personally because there are so many people, my family personally knows, that is going to benefit from all the help that you guys are offering. And I want to tell you something for the first time here that I haven't told you yet, and I just found out recently. My dad and I were talking last week, and he told me that he heard on loud radio that there was this young American couple that was making coffee in Laos. Wow, <laughs> and I said, good. Dad, I know him. That's my friend. I know him. And my wow. dad was so excited. And so he and I had, like, I'm not even kidding, a 30-minute conversation um, on our drive down from the Twin Cities to where I live. And he was just so excited telling me about the way, like, how thankful he is when when uh, Americans would come to the country and, and help the children and help the community and how the community really loves philanthropic things like that. They're so appreciative of it. And so to hear my dad say that, uh, it was just absolutely amazing to me. And, and me being able to say, Dad, I helped in that effort. I was a part of that. It made me <laughs> so crazy. proud to be able to do something that my dad could finally say, okay, Bertie, now I understand what you're doing. <laughs> you know? Jeez, so, so thank crazy. you from the bottom of my heart. You and Janelle, you guys are absolutely amazing. You inspire me. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and uh, take us on the tour and All right. tell us what we're looking at and what's going on. All right, so this is kind of the, the entrance of the cafe when you walk in. Uh, we, we got the Jai logo there in the front. But as you walk into the cafe, uh, it's a little bit messy here. And the reason why is we're actually doing a really beautiful mural. Um, Sarah Steenland, she's uh, a misfit, of course. She drew us this incredible mural, which we're painting. We're in the process of painting, of course. And then this is really just kind of the, the cafe as you walk in. You have 
the coffee bar here on the left with really Ms. Janelle just making coffee. <laughs> and and so that's kind of where most people gravitate towards when they come in. They they come in, they sit down, they order a cup of coffee. Um, and then they usually either come over here and take a seat in our, in our kind of like, it's a raised platform area, and they can sit and hang out. Or if they're hungry, usually they walk over here to the kitchen where we have a separate menu. Right now we just have a few things on our items. Beautiful cinnamon banana French toast, scrambled mm -hmm. egg sandwich, and muesli fresh fruit and yogurt. We got our coffee bags from this year. This coffee's going to the U.S., so we'll be able to get that here shortly from our partner Thanksgiving Coffee, so we hang that up. There's Lynn. He's doing the dishes. And then this is our kitchen. The cool thing about this, let me take a step back, is where you see this structure right here, that used to be the end of the wall. So when we first landed here eight months ago, um, this was just a, an old house that basically needed to be fixed up in order for it to be a cafe. So we ripped out that wall, and then we built this entire area. So what we have here is a male, a, men and, a men's and women's toilet. So that's the women's toilet, and the men's is right in that room. And then we have the sink out here for everyone. And then we actually built in a shower for ourselves as well, so we can actually take hot showers, which is wonderful. But, yeah, we constructed this entirely by ourselves. There was a, a removed kitchen that was in the back, and we ripped it down. We recycled all the wood. We painted it white, put it up here, put a little skylight there so we could let some natural light in. And then we built everything that you see, basically. So we, we built the actual coffee, uh, or I guess it's the, the kitchen bar, along with the tables. We built the sink. We purchased all the appliances in order to keep the cafe up and going. We did the same thing over here for the coffee bar. We basically took, uh, well, Jackie and I, um, our Lao partner, he speaks great English. We went out to the lumber mill. We actually purchased this wood, and then we worked with a local welder to build our coffee bar and all the stools along with um, our A-frame, which is a really beautiful just kind of storage area for all of our coffee stuff. We took this really beautiful, sincere, <laughs> it's not a singer, it's actually a sincere old sewing machine, made it into a table. We got some really beautiful pieces of old wood that they were just going to throw away, made it into nice tables. Wow. And then we went into Thailand and we got a bunch of instruments. You know, we got a guitar, we got drums, we got flutes and shakers, beautiful loud xylophone. You are such a hippie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love it, I love it. Because we really wanted to have the community come together and play music and hang out, and that's what's happened. The other thing we had to do is we had to knock out this wall to put in a window. We actually had to build a new staircase, which I've never built the staircase, actually. Went on to uh, Bob Vila's YouTube channel to, to learn how to build a staircase. I, I have oh never gosh. done that. We also you know knocked out that uh, wall and put in a door. And then the other thing that's really cool is that this used to just be tile. So Jack and I spent at least two weeks, and we put in an incredible, beautiful hardwood floor in order to have a really nice feel. Like lots of people ask, do they have to take their, their shoes off? And we, you know, we always say no, but that's the kind of feel you get when you walk in here. And then I'll just focus on this for a second. That's our Tarek there. Those are our clay water filters. The importance of these is because these are the actual filters that we are implementing out into the community. Let me just give you a little shot of this. What it is essentially is uh, a clay filter 
where you can put straight river water or any contaminated water into this device. And then basically that clay filter sits in this jug and the water slowly drips down into this holding tank here where you can actually get 99.9% .9 clean water. It's essentially purified, free of bacteria, free of contaminants. And it's an American engineering company that lives here actually in Laos that we partnered with for this part of our business. And it's, it's amazing because now we can take one of these jugs, put it into a school, and the schools can have clean water for, I mean, up to five years these things work. So it's a really wow. impressive device, and it's been great working with them and partnering with them. And then less of the coffee stuff. No tourists get to see this, but this actually is where we live. <laughs> so we live upstairs. We haven't really decorated too much, but it's kind of just an open area. Uh, it's our bed with our mosquito net hanging down. <laughs> uh, here's all of our jugs piled up. These are going to be going out to 30 different schools here in the next few weeks. For, do you? For I have to out. ask you. I have to ask you. Do you ever miss living in Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be actually back in Seattle in a few weeks because the raining season doesn't really like allow for any tourists to be here. Right. So yeah, but I don't know. I'd say it's pretty amazing <laughs> living here for sure. I mean, other than the fact that when it rains, it's super loud. It's just a tin roof. And then we have a little guest bed. Sheets are in the wash, so you can't really see that. And then we have our closet, which is actually very nice and big. It's a walk-in closet. Out of our back window, you can see coffee trees, coffee plantation right there. Yeah. It's quite nice. And then the last thing to show is our incredible upper deck area. So when you open up our window, which we may actually make this into a door at some point. I'm just going to climb out the window because that's what I usually do. Yeah, we have this uh, beautiful balcony that we've created. And it provides another little seating area for tourists to come that want to hang out. Nice table where we brought a bunch of plants up here. And we have our uh, papaya tree that's actually growing through the floor. We didn't want to cut that down, so we just made a hole. And then, yeah, this is the the staircase which leads back, back down to the front. Jackie, say hello. Say savadi. <laughs> Yeah, so there's Jackie, and then going back up, you, know, you just have <laughs> the natural sort of crazy, loud, you know, road where people are riding by and their motorbikes with their helmets off, and dogs are almost getting hit by cars and water buffaloes, and cows are just roaming down the street. But that's basically it. That's that's Jai. Oh wow. Jai Coffee House. That's and fantastic. We also built a little teepee, which is more just for catching people's eye when they drive by. You know, it's the only <laughs> teepee that exists in Laos, probably. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, do they exist there? Well, apparently they do now. Yeah. So, okay. Wow. Okay. So that that yeah, I'm just so blown away. It's just isn't it amazing, Tyson? How technology is so advanced now that people like us can have conversations from all across the world. 
about something that we actually helped each other with using social media, right? <laughs> to to make that thing happen. And so I think the question in people's minds by this point, if they haven't followed the Jai story, if they haven't followed the story of Tyson Adams and Janelle, um, what was the big problem? What was the big need that surfaced and created this opportunity for you to build Jai Coffee House? Yeah, Laos, unfortunately, uh, has a kind of a crazy history, of course. Um, during the Vietnam War, U.S. dropped uh, bombs on Laos because they were fighting against Vietnam. And so during that, that time, you know, they basically dropped a bomb every eight and a half minutes for nine straight years. It's around $15 million in bombs per day. So Laos was already the poorest country in Southeast Asia, but it only compounded the issue. And so, really, what you're what you're seeing here in Laos, you're on the, you're out here, you're living or you're backpacking, you're going to experience a very beautiful, very friendly, very happy culture. But you're also seeing a culture that, you know, only one in two people have access to uh, toilets. The majority of kids don't have access to hygiene, education, or clean water, and especially not at their schools. And so, the real big issue is that leads directly to diarrheal disease being the number two killer of Lao children. So it's one of those things that it's a staggering statistic because, you know, you have, like Laos actually during the monsoon season, it rains a lot. So it's it's not like Africa where it's desert and people are needing to, you know, walk 20, 30 miles to get water. That's not the story here. The story is more that they have access to water. It's just that it's not, it's not clean. So it's not, it's not drinkable water. So what we're really assisting with and what we have been here doing is, is, uh, getting the water to be clean enough to drink through providing access with clean water wells and clay filters, but also doing hygiene programs where we just teach children how to wash their hands, which is a very basic thing but here it's it's not children don't understand how to wash their hands and in fact have never been taught so that's that's an interesting wake up you know when we do our hygiene programs and the kids don't even know what they're doing with you know utilizing soap they've never used soap and that sort of thing so that's kind of what the what the main problem is here in Laos right right and I can't imagine that you grew up as a kid saying, someday when I grow up, I'm going to go and build the world's first philanthropic coffee roaster at the source, right? Where yeah. did you conceive of it, this, this idea? And I love this story. If you could walk us through how Jai Coffee House was born in your mind. Yeah, yeah. So do you, do you want me to take it all the way back or do you want me to take you just to take, the Jai Coffee House story? I mean, take, I would love for you to take it all the way back, <laughs> but let's just kind of do like Reader's Digest <laughs> version. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. So I backpacked through Southeast Asia five years ago. While in Southeast Asia, I kind of similar to, let's say, AJ or similar even to you, Bernie, like I escaped a sales job when I was working in the cubicle and just had basically grown beyond where I really wanted to be. And so I, I came over here just to kind of get to know myself, stay for as long as I could possibly stay. And I ended up doing four months in Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And while in Laos, I actually started dream journaling. And probably about three weeks into my dream journaling, I, I actually had this crazy whacked out experience where I envisioned this business that I had in Seattle where um, 
I would basically uh, import coffee from Laos and other countries in Southeast Asia, and then I would sell it by having you know drive-through coffee stands where people would actually drive up in the car and buy coffee, but there was a digital board that would essentially show a little movie of the children in the village playing or doing whatever, and that they would know that a certain percentage of their coffee purchase was going back to support education for that for that that village or that community. And so it was kind of a whacked out experience because, you know, when you get a dream that speaks in a way that's almost convicting you, you feel obligated to at least see where it might lead. And so I I decided to jump on the internet and realize that there was coffee in Laos. And so I, I actually peeled out, drove, like basically spent the rest of my visa trying to pursue this, this, you know, this dream. Rented a motorbike, came out here into the community, met the community, found a, a way that I could actually supply it back to Seattle. And then I didn't end up building the business model that I saw in my dream, but what I did do was what was a, called a one bag, one book model. So for every bag of coffee that I was selling in, in, in Seattle, I was providing a book back to Laos. And so over the course of a couple of years, we built eight libraries out in the community to support education and then to support creativity uh, for the kids to, you know, to be able to have a storybook for the first time in their lives. And then really what ended up happening is, is that as we were coming back and forth over the last five years, I started seeing that the community itself was was really not a, a book culture. They were, um, you know, they had the books, they had the resources, but they weren't implementing them in school. Um, part of that is that teachers don't know how to utilize books. They don't know how to, they don't understand the value and the importance of them. And so it really actually became wasted aid a little bit because it just we had implemented these resources, but they just weren't being used. And there was a few villages that used them better than others, but as a kind of general sort of observation, it wasn't really working. And so what we said was, okay, well, shit, if if the books aren't, you know, working, what, what other sort of things and issues do we see that are existing in this community? And, and almost every single village has a water issue. Then we started doing more research, more analysis and realizing, holy shit, yeah, like diarrhea is a huge issue. Hygiene education is a huge issue. No matter where you go in Laos, there's never a child that doesn't need to have access uh, to some some basic education and and they just weren't being provided that. So that's when really the, the whole model shifted more to water and to hygiene education as opposed to just books. And uh, from there, Dry Coffee House kind of grew out of that need and that realization. Yeah. So anyways, I could continue talking about it. I have like a million other things to say, but to keep <laughs> well, it short, that's yeah, it. I, and, I, and I love it. I always love hearing that story because it's kind of like, I just had a dream and the business was built in my dream. And I'm like, oh, I hate you because I envy people <laughs> like you. You know, I envy people <laughs> like you where you're like, I know what I want to do. Here it is. And you know what? I actually have the smarts to figure out how to do it. But here's the other thing. Here's the other reason why I hate you, but I love you to that. Is <laughs> you know this story, but some, some might not. But you and I were following AJ and Melissa Leon of Misfit Inc. for, you know, a couple of years there, at least in, in my experience. I don't know about you. And when the opportunity came about, which was a very rare opportunity, 
to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to work with the Misfits, have a brand-new website, have strategic consulting, and launch your project, whatever that thing is. Somewhere between thirty dollars to $50,000 is the value of this prize. I was so excited to apply for that opportunity. And I lost. <laughs> and... And I, I know you laugh at me. You're like, Bernie, you did not lose, you know, but I lost. And I was like, who is this Tyson Adams who won this, you know, opportunity? I'm going to go and stalk him and see, like, who, like, what makes him so great? And you know what, Tyson? I fell in love with your project. I fell in love with the work you're doing. And the fact that you happen to be pretty damn cool yourself, I was like, okay, no more hating join him. However you can yeah, help, yeah. however you can get involved, join him. So you've heard the story before, but that's the reason why I got involved. And that's the reason why I raised my hand. I said, hey, what do you need from me? How can I help you? And and I can honestly say, Tyson, you have given me back just as much help and support as I know that I did for you for Jai Coffee House. So, you know, I just wanted to officially thank you again here formally on the show because it's people like you who inspired me to keep going. And it's people like you who, even if I lose in a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity like that, I still feel like a winner because I got to be a great part of your project and helping you make it happen. So thank you for the opportunity. Sure. Yeah, of course. No, I, it's, I'll just take you back to that moment because I think that it's, a, it's actually an important moment. At least it was for me and Janelle emotionally because when you when you apply for you know when we I guess it was really my application but it was a nine page business plan of what I wanted to do to build Jai Coffee House um, and 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 the thing is is that when I when I first started I was like you know you realize that if I win this we have to move to Laos and she's like yeah yeah it'll be fun and I'm like you realize we have to live in Laos like it's not it's not like a, a small commitment. You know, that's a life-changing thing. She's like, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, all right. So I went forward. But when we were actually on the way to the airport, um, flying home from Arizona, and we were uh, in the in my dad's truck, and I, and I didn't want to read the email with my dad there because I was just like, oh, my gosh. I'll wait till we're on the plane. Janelle and I will be sitting next to each other. I'll open the email. We'll see, you know, what it says. I wasn't really crossing my fingers, but at the same time, I put a lot of time and energy into it. And so um, we were sitting there on the plane, and, and when I opened up the email, I was just like, holy shit, like, oh, my God. Like, in complete, in complete disbelief, in complete disbelief. And I was, you know, really, uh, I guess you could say I was born, you know, because my life was in Seattle, and all of a sudden I have to go to Laos. And, I, of course, I was excited, but I was like, holy shit, now this whole journey has just begun. I have to fundraise. Thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. How the hell am I going to do that? And it was this mo like mountainous, crazy uh, sort of. It, it it seemed like it was going to be impossible to pull off, even if I won. And I did. And so then I was just like, oh my gosh, now I have to just. I have to. I'm committed to doing this. So I guess what I'm getting at here is is that <laughs> it wasn't really the most joyous moment of my life to win this weekend. It was. It only began. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no, kidding. no, no. It was. It was hard. It was a whole year of planning to make this thing happen before we moved over here, and then we, you and I met about six months into that planning. But I mean, it was. 
was crazy. It was really challenging, but amazing too. So. Yeah. Kudos to you. I mean, you deserve it. I mean, I, I say it was nine months ago, but that was nine months ago for me from when yeah. I got involved and helped you. But I know you have been doing Live Local for a few years now, and then for the Jai Project itself, I know you've been working on it you know, six, yeah. seven, eight months before I started working with you on it. And so I know that you've dedicated a large chunk of your life. It's like, it's like you put your social life on hold, right? To make your yeah. dream come true. And it hasn't stopped, right? It's been nonstop, I'm sure, for the past, I don't know what, 18 plus months? How long has it been since you started the Jai Project? Well, I won. Okay, so a month ago, we hit one year on our Jai Papias Facebook page. It informed me or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. And then basically Misfit Camp was won about six months before that. So okay. essentially, we're about a month or a year and a half into the conception of Jai Coffee House um, and kind of the implementation of, of everything. But, oh, just wild adventure. It, one of the things that I I feel compelled to share, but I don't think I would share it with anybody that was interviewing me, and I, and I actually do hope to get a chance to also share this um, in a few weeks at Misfit Conference, which is that <clears throat> I filed my taxes in Laos for 2013, a few weeks ago, um, and it was kind of a, a weird moment for me. I, I filed my taxes, and I made 2,300 U.S. dollars in the year of 2013, <laughs> and, I, and I thought to myself, wow, it doesn't take much money to live in this world in that moment, but at the same time, I was like, Holy shit, I literally have just dedicated an entire year of my life to people here in Laos that not only don't understand me and that I don't understand entirely, that will reap the benefits for years to come, but that also can't even thank me for what we're doing. Like, they kind of understand, but they don't, they, we're not... I can have a few personal connections with a few of the, the cooperative farmers and things, but a lot of the children, you know, the, we come in, we do a project, and we leave, and you know, we visit once in a while. But the reality is, is that to, like you said, to put your social life on hold, to put your material life on hold, to completely set aside your own sort of tangible, like. I'm going to grow my bank account or I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to make money. I'm going to like build my future to put all that aside and to just give an entire year of your life without receiving anything back kind of freaked me out. But it also was like, okay, this is what it means to be a loving like human in this world. Meaning that we're all just take, 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 take. I'm only going to give if I can get something in return. And it, and it just kind of, I don't know, it kind of was this weird, actually it was, a, it was a few days that I was kind of in this weird, weird state. But the interesting thing that I've kind of come away from this experience about is, is that there's a really beautiful quote, and it's by, I think his name's John Ruskin, but it's, it's that it's, it's not the reward for our toil, but what we become by it. And I think that that's an important quote because... There, there is no tangible reward that I'm getting financially out of this. I literally have dedicated an entire year of my creative energy, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, 
but also just trying to help this community get back on its feet and, and continue to, to move forward. And I'm, and I'm not getting anything, but what most people won't ever see unless they put themselves on this path is that what I've become and what has happened to me, the transformation that has taken place in my own existence is so immeasurable and it, and it will never leave me. And I'll never, ever regret that year of putting my life on hold for this experience. And it's been more than a crazy experience of being able to to be here and to, to develop relationships and earn respect and work with these communities in a beautiful way. So I guess that's really the, the main kind of punchy part of this interview that I wanted to get out to, not only to you, Bernie, personally, but also just to the community in general that you'll never know what, you're, what you'll become what, in, until you serve and until you actually just give up your life for somebody else for at least a period in your life. So, right. yeah. You can't see my face, but I have the biggest grin, like the biggest smile on my face because this is exactly why I decided to label this um, segment the leadership series because it, it honestly, Tyson, I, there's so many things I could have called this this episode. You know, we could have talked about starting a movement, which that's what it is. We could have talked about, you know, how did you have a, a successful Indiegogo campaign um, how did you strategize and create the vision for your business? We could have talked about so many things, but I think the biggest thing that I took away from working with you, reading your writing every week, following your journey, and being a part of the Jai Coffeehouse Project is that you were a leader. You had to step up and do something, frankly, nobody's done before because this is the world's first philanthropic coffee roaster, Okay. So that in itself I know is scary because you had nobody really to model after, right, to know that you're going down the right path. But you did model after some other things, you know, such as the social you know, business model. So, I mean, that helped you. You read a lot of books. You followed a lot of great philosophies on how to do this the right way. But at the end of the day, you still had to just do it. You had to take action because I think the best way for anybody to learn is to just go and just do it learn from the mistakes, you stumble along the way, but you get right back up. And this would be a two-hour show if we talked about all the challenges you've had, <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but I, I'll tell you right now, I know of your challenges, very, very many emotional challenges, and you kept getting right back up and reminding yourself and reminding the people in your tribe, the Jai tribe, that you are a leader and that you are a strong leader and that you're going to keep moving forward and you're going to keep doing the work that you're meant to do. And for me, I find that humbling and I find that inspiring, Tyson, because I may not ever step on, you know, the doorstep of Jai Coffee House. I hope I do. But just your story alone has inspired me to start some of my own movements, right? To go out and make a difference, to write the book I've been meaning to write, to help the people that I want to help without expecting anything in return to yep. serve people and do things without always expecting monetary rewards. And it's people like you, and you and I both can relate, uh, also people like AJ and Melissa Leon, who inspire us to keep doing it because then we know we're not on our own lone island doing this. And I think that that was probably the roughest thing for me, Tyson, when I left corporate America and I left my sales job and I started coaching. I think the biggest challenge for me was nobody gets it, nobody understands, I'm doing this all by myself. 
you know, why the hell do I even show up today? Nobody cares, right? But then I see people like you and I see people like AJ and I'm like, that's bullshit. There are people like me. You know what? I'm going to keep doing this. If he's doing it, if Tyson's in Laos doing it, I'm going to do it here, wherever I am. Yeah, so so yeah. let me ask you, what what did carry you through the toughest times? I mean, you, you've lost wonderful animals in your life. I'm so sad about that. Reading that story really, you know, broke my heart. Yeah. A lot of financial stress, you know, vandalism, burglaries. I mean, lots of different things. I'm sure there's more than what I've just mentioned there. But how did you get through all of these hard times, Tyson, and not want to pack up your bags and leave and go back to Seattle again? Yeah. Um, I could take this in so many directions. I think that, <laughs> oh my gosh, I could answer in so many ways. I, grace is a huge part of it. I'll focus on one particular story. We have a, a worker who has stolen from us and, um, and I, I basically opened it up to the Jai tribe to say, Hey, should I fire this guy or should we keep him on? And, you know, basically it was split. Half people said fire him, half people said, well, you know, maybe you should work with him. And recently I went out to his village and uh, I saw the life he grew up in and I saw the house that he used to live in. And essentially it was one room open to the elements and there was two years of his stuff, that rats had made nests in, that bugs and everything, you know, mildew. And he was taking all this stuff. He was grabbing it. He was going to take it back home. And I just realized in that moment that I'm never going to be poor and I've never been poor. And I cannot even relate to what freedom is. Because when you live in Laos, it's a very different relationship with freedom than we have growing up in America. I can always go back to America. It's very different than not only being poor, but also being being in Laos. And so I guess what I'm what I'm saying is, is that the thing that has gotten me through all this is that we all have these sort of cultural norms and we we all have these sort of ways that we just look at life and we're on autopilot with the way that we think but we have to constantly evolve and grow and let go of what we think is right or wrong because the reality is is that you know Lynn our worker his parents told him to steal to feed himself as a child like I'm certain of it now and so how is it that he becomes an adult and is going to break that cycle of stealing I mean like it was permitted as a child and so I guess what I'm saying is is that every hardship that we've had whether it's a stolen motorbike or you know an animal dying or you know being stolen from his been a learning experience for me where instead of like bashing my head against it and being upset it's like hey this is the reality even though it doesn't meet my expectations of what I wanted this is the reality so what is there to gain what is there to learn and how might I approach and look at this from a different angle in order to to evolve both emotionally and soulfully but also to, to see that my world is so very different than the world that these people live in, and there's no way that even if I, even if I spoke loud, I, you still there's a cultural barrier that we must accept, and, and and that even goes for people that maybe your friends in the U.S. that are growing up in a different family or a different culture or a different kind of way. So, grace is a huge part of it. Just accepting that you are 
so different than everybody else, and and that's unique and that's beautiful. And so you just <laughs> you just have to be patient. It's hard. Like you are. Meditate. You are such Pray. a beautiful human being. Seriously, you are such a beautiful human being. I don't know how many times I've gotten your newsletters in my inbox, and I have like been near tears every single time, Tyson. And I and I don't know if you mean to do that or if you're just. I know you're writing from the heart, but I don't know if you realize how compelling and how powerful your words are, because I read your writing and I'm just like. How do I top that? And I don't mean it in a competitive way, but I'm just kind of like, Bernie, the shit that you were bitching about this week is nothing <laughs> in comparison yeah. to that. So again, thank you. It's so humbling for me to see the things that you're going through and to follow your journey and to hear your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings out on that. Well, it's not really a piece of paper, but to me, I, I feel like you're writing a letter to me. And I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate your honesty because it can't, it can't be easy for you to talk about all of these things and you're processing your thoughts out loud in front of the whole Jai tribe. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. <laughs> but thank you because that makes yeah. you more real. That makes you more relatable. And that makes me fall in love with your story and your mission even more. And that makes me want to stay in Jai tribe. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. You're welcome. Thank you. So, okay, so to kind of wrap up here, I know that we went a little long there, and I apologize for those who will be listening a little bit longer than our normal episodes, but it's so important, you guys. It is so important that we needed to capture Tyson's whole story. Like I said, this could have easily been a two-hour you know, episode, but I'm for sure we'll have Tyson back talking again. But Tyson, I always like to leave the audience with an action item so that we can make this episode tactical for them, something they can wrap their head around and something they can incorporate into their world and their life and they can begin doing and seeing change and seeing positive impact happen. If there's one takeaway you want to impart on the audience, what would that be? Yeah, I... It's interesting because I keep going back to this and it seems like almost every time I go back to it, it just further proves itself true. And I think the, the one thing that I would say is the takeaway for me is just don't ask for permission. You know, like there's too many naysayers in this world. There's too many family members that are going to tell you it can't be financially possible. It's going to hold you back. Yes, of course, it's important to validate what business model it is you're trying to create or movement you're trying to create or blog you're trying to launch or whatever. I'm not saying be reckless or be stupid. But just don't go ask for approval from your family and your friends before you decide to, to actually make shit happen. You know, similar to what you're trying to say. It's like there's one thing, which is that you got to just make shit happen. But the other thing is to stop bringing in people into your life and opinions into your life that aren't going to facilitate the transformation that you ultimately know is deep inside of you, that you feel that burning, you know, passion to go through. So that's, that's my takeaway that, that I would impart with everyone. I love it. That's perfect. And uh, as you know, I gave you the unabridged version of my book. That's one of the three themes <laughs> in yeah. my book. And I and I totally get it. And I think another way that some people might call it is some people think that some people are born lucky, right? Some people are born with like, you know, the silver spoon in their mouth or that they don't have to work very hard. They're lucky. They just get whatever they want. And I, I beg to differ. I believe that everybody does have an opportunity and some choose 
to accept those opportunities and I think some wait to be given an opportunity. And I think that's pretty much what you're saying is stop waiting. Stop yeah. waiting for somebody to ask you. Stop waiting to be picked. If you want it, go out and get it. And that's obviously what you did. And uh, yeah. you know, here we are 18 months later. You're in Laos. It's, it's yeah. nuts. I still can't wrap my head around that, but I'm, yeah, <laughs> inspired, definitely. Um, so to close out here, what, I know you're working on Jai Coffee House, but how can the audience members learn a little bit more about the Jai Project? If there's any other way they can continue to support the project, go ahead and pimp up the business and let us know where we can find you and help. Email me directly. I will respond. I would prefer that. If you were interested or you were moved at all by any of this information, just send me an email and I will 100% respond and we can connect in whatever fashion or form that uh, becomes good for that individual. Because I think that everybody is desiring real relationships and I want to be real on the other side of that interaction. So. Okay, so um, can you tell everybody what your email address is? <laughs> yeah, it's Tyson uh, at jaicoffeehouse.com. Okay, so that's Tyson at J-H-A-I coffeehouse.com. So you guys heard it. And, and Tyson's really good at replying. I mean, obviously, he's 11 hours behind me. I'm in Central Time, U.S. Central Time. But um, he's very responsive. So if he's if he's going to offer that, you guys take him on that offer. <laughs> he's yeah. amazing. Tyson is super smart, cool dude. And, again, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Um, the week that yeah. this launches, hopefully by yeah. that point you and I would have met or will be meeting. So sure. I can't wait for that. Tyson, thank you so much for giving us a tour of Jai Coffee House. Thank you and Janelle so much for everything that you guys do. And I can't wait to continue to see the success of Jai Coffee House. And I'll make sure that I include, I can get some photos from you and we can include that in the show notes for this, just in case the video didn't work out too well. Well, cool. perfect. <laughs> awesome. That was another episode of the Shut Up Show. I'm your host, Bernie Shung, with our co-host today, Tyson Adams, live from Laos. And uh, we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in the Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes, search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section, and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.